0: welcome to stuff we love podcast
1: greetings everyone and welcome to the stuff we love podcast i am your host scott and i'm happy to be joined tonight by my co-host joe joe how are you
2: i'm doing well how's everybody
1: doing okay so tonight we are joined by very special guests this is a big night we have on chris and bailey a wonderful married couple this may be the first married couple in the history of the stuff we love podcast is that right joe that is true this is great. Guys, welcome to the show.
3: Happy to be here.
1: Thanks for having us. Of course. uh, We're happy you're here because it's interesting. When we started the Stuff We Love podcast a while back, one of the things that we intended to talk about a lot were video games. It was actually featured in the artwork for our show. It was talked about a lot in our very early episodes, but we've not done nearly as much as I wanted to. And I'm so excited to have you on here tonight because the main focus of our conversation is video games. And before we get to that, as always on every episode, I like to do a check-in, see how everybody's doing. So uh, Joe, we'll start with you. What have you been up to?
2: Same as always, watching movies, TV, going to work in that order. So,
1: I like that order. It's good. <laughs> Bailey and Chris, how about you both?
3: About the same order, I think. <laughs> for us. I have been deep in preparing myself for the new Zelda. So I've been replaying Breath of the Wild right now.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of playoff nice. hockey going on right now. so
3: That, too. Very important. Yeah, there is that, too. Yeah. So,
1: we are now recording this. It is Sunday, April 23rd. Tomorrow night is Game 4 of Devils-Rangers. We're all Devils fans here. Do you think the Devils are going to win tomorrow night, Game 4?
0: Chris? Oh, sure. Definitely.
3: I think the Rangers are tired. I think it's our time now. We got we, the nerves yeah. out
0: of the way, got the jitters out of the way. It took us more. We we're hoping it would be one game. It was two. But now they're gonna they're getting ready to hopefully come back and, and tie the series up tomorrow
2: night.
3: Joe?
0: Yeah, no, I don't
2: think they're gonna win, honestly. <laughs> I don't I really <laughs> don't think so.
3: So um, optimistic.
2: <laughs> I know, but uh I mean I hope they do, obviously, but I watching them in the first two games I, I rarely get to watch hockey, right? But watching them in the first two games, it was so clear that they just had nothing. Yeah, they came back in the third game, but in overtime, it's just I, I just don't see it,
1: Joe. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to side with Bailey and Chris. Ellis. I hope you're right. I think momentum's in our favor, and I think Jack Hughes and I is uh, going to at least get one goal, one assist tomorrow night. Yeah. Now if listen if after the fact, and goal, we'll see.
3: Then we'll be okay.
1: We will say, say. Again, Bailey, I, I'm sorry. Right.
3: I said if we keep Schmidt in goal, then we'll be okay.
1: He had a great game. Great yep. game. There, there's something about playoff hockey. I think out of anything in sports, there's something about. The tension in those games, especially if they go to overtime, it's really, uh, to me, the best thing in sports. I love watching it.
2: Yeah. Playoff um, hockey is great. I I even, I still remember when, when I was like 14 in 94, I think they won. And mm-hmm. I was at the game four and I was, I was, I mean, it was amazing, but I was, I said to my father, I was like, why well, would you get game four? They're never going to, you know, it's a <laughs> seven game series, you know, <laughs> not knowing he had no choice, but yeah. I mean, how lucky was that when they swept the series? I mean, I, yeah. Like,
1: I even remember the the team cap that they released when they won the cup. Yes.
2: I had that I had, cap. Yeah, awesome. I had that
1: cap. Anyhow, let's hope there's another cap on our way this year for uh Stanley Cup champions.
3: Chris has a uh, box of rings from the previous uh Stanley Cup a- and uh he's got one spot left in this ring box and it's we're hoping for this year. So like that. that's a lot.
2: That'd cool. be great. Yeah.
1: Well, anyhow, with that, let's get to the main topic of tonight's show, which is the video game discussion we were talking about. And I'm so happy to have on Chris and Bailey because you both are such avid video game players and are familiar with the video game world, new games, old games, and what's coming out. So I thought we would do a very broad discussion tonight where we'll talk about your background experience playing video games and what you're playing now and uh, Twitch and all that stuff. So let's begin. And by the way, as I ask you these questions, we'll all share our responses, because I don't think, Joe, you and I have ever really gotten into this on the show.
2: Not on the show, no.
1: Yeah. This has been uh, off-topic conversations at the diner that we probably had many times. (laughs) So anyhow, Bailey, let's start with you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are your earliest memories of playing video games? And do you have any uh, recollection of what your first video game system was?
3: I know what my first system was. It was a Nintendo GameCube. Oh. Um, and the first game, I think that we really played, oh, you know what? It might've been the Harry Potter games on PC. Actually, I was about to say Zelda Ocarina of time was my first one, but I think it was the, the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone PC game Okay. in my dad's office back where we lived in Massachusetts on this old desktop computer with dial up internet. And I just remember collecting the, um, the birdie bots ever flavored beans in the game and <laughs> yeah. i was this close to beating voldemort or he, he, he yeah, who he who shall not be named right <laughs> um and my day. sister wanted to play as well and she turned off she unplugged the computer and right as i was about to defeat him i was i was so upset Ooh, but wow. it's okay the game saved you know but um i i think that is probably my earliest memory of playing a video game
1: very cool Chris, how about you?
0: Um, well, I definitely had Game Boys and stuff growing up um, for car rides, but I remember my first real system, like console system, was uh, Nintendo 64, and I had to do, I had to earn it. So I had to do like a chore a day, and if I did, if I had a basically if I had a good day, I'd get a star, and I couldn't earn more, more than one star per day. And so, after sixty-four days, they bought me the console, and that was a that was like you know the beginning. Uh, but I I quickly became a PC gamer pretty much as soon as the internet became a thing, which was right around when I was twelve years old. I started playing Starcraft on PC, and that was kind of mm-hmm. that was kind of it. I was, I was hooked. I was the beginning of ever forever hooked. I I stopped at about Xbox three sixty was the last console I owned. And, and, and yeah, but it's, wow. it's been,
2: uh, started with the N64 and it's been a good run.
1: Awesome. Joe, how about yes. you?
2: I mean, I'm going to show my age here. I actually, I had an Atari, <laughs> I had a Nintendo entertainment system, the NES. Um, that was really the first, you know, system. I think you and I both had Scott and, yeah. uh, I mean, it just, I mean, you had the super Mario and duck hunt on the same cartridge when you first got that. Um, sure. And, which was really cool. I mean, and of course, the original Zelda and and you know Metroid, Castlevania, all those games—they were just unbelievable. Yes. Um, and that's just how it started. When you know, when you're a kid playing at night, just like in the basement by yourself, and you just play the NES, it was great because you know there was no obviously online gaming. So,
1: Joe, what was the first PlayStation you
2: had? I had the uh, PlayStation Two.
1: PlayStation Two. I didn't okay. get the
2: PlayStation One. Right. Yeah, I wanted because it just actually, never happened,
3: you know. We we actually did have a PlayStation Two at one point. The only game that I remember playing on it though was maybe the earlier Spider-Man game.
2: Yes, that and game. I, was also- Yeah,
3: that was a good one. But we we were not PlayStation people, not really. We were mostly Nintendo for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with the GameCube, we got the Wii. Obviously, I have the Switch now. Um, we never did Game Boys or anything though, because my parents wanted to keep video gaming within the house. Not you know off at school and showing off my Nintendo dogs and everything like that. So
2: yeah, I, I definitely had a Game Boy. I think I got it for my tenth birthday. Um, and it was it was awesome. Obviously with Tetris, it came with Tetris. Tetris, that was, yeah. That that's what when it came systems with. came with games. You know, <laughs> and uh, they had to because you had nothing else to play them on. But it came with Tetris. I had uh, Doctor Mario, all kinds of great stuff on that. Now now I want it back
1: yeah no those those retro and they those retro games make a comeback because oh, yeah. even on the newer systems they're on the stores there's sections devoted to the retro games um for me i remember getting nintendo i think it's when i was in second grade my parents said if i did well on my report card they would get it for me and i remember being taken to get it going to a diner afterwards and then playing that dual super mario duck hunt game yep and that started it all. You know, that's really... And then over the years, I had Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Right. Strangely enough, I don't think I ever had GameCube, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I never had a GameCube. Yeah, so I don't think I game. did. I this had is- Sega Dreamcast. That was a big system for me. I love that system. That's awesome, yeah. Um, and then played a little bit of PC games, not as much uh, as, as you, Bailey and Chris. Um, and then, you know, got several Xboxes over the years and PlayStations as well. Uh, I also remember, do you have a, this may be uh, before your time, uh, Chris and Bailey, but Game Genie, does that ring a bell?
2: Oh, Game Genie was awesome. Yeah. I right, <laughs> was this thing. You, you remember this?
0: Yep.
3: I don't know if I know that. Chris is a little bit older than me too, so I don't know if I remember Oh, okay. It, but...
2: I haven't thought about Game Genie in years.
1: For our listeners, we haven't shared birth certificates <laughs> Anything. So
2: I don't know how old these people are, but anyhow,
1: uh, Game Genie, you would attach it. I guess it was to the game itself, right? It would click in yep. and there were codes for each game, right? And you would enter it on the remote and stuff like that. So, um, and there so were, you could cheat. It was cheat codes. Cheat. Yeah. It was cheat yeah. codes. Exactly. Oh. I saw a t-shirt being sold the other day on this um, clothing website. Homage is the name of the company and it's a Game Genie t-shirt. So I may, may get that. It was very cool.
2: That's really cool. Um, I mean, you used to be able to have cheat codes built into the game. Now you have to pay for right. them you know, if you want one.
1: What was Contra? It was A, B, A, B, up, down, left, right? Oh, come that? on. Come on, Scott. Tell me. I know this is bad. This is embarrassing. <laughs> this is
2: embarrassing. You better not delete this out of the show. I won't
1: delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was?
2: Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Or select start if you wanted two players.
1: Joe, take over the show.
3: Amazing.
2: I'll be back. Don't forget yeah. it yeah <laughs> that's embarrassing honestly. it
1: is it's very embarrassing but I, can, I uh, could
2: probably go up to my I bet my wife would even know that
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyhow um we touched about on this a little bit in the responses to the first question but Bailey and Chris tell us a little bit about what your favorite games were while you were growing up
3: I'll start uh Zelda for sure absolutely 100 mm-hmm. always and forever uh I grew up with the GameCube and the Wii and When we had the GameCube, my sister, who's six years older than me, uh, was playing Ocarina of Time, and I was so enamored watching her play. And this was her console to start. This was not ours. And I would watch her play, and I'd ask for my turn. It wasn't my turn, of course. But once I finally did get to play, I was better than her. Mm. And I was really good. I I remember defeating King Dodongo in the um, beginning it's the second dungeon that you face as a child link. And I beat King Dodongo with three hearts, four hearts, and I didn't lose any of them first go. And it was, I felt so like so good about myself. I felt so proud. I was I was six years younger than my sister, who had such a hard time doing this. And I beat it like that. And I thought this is this is going to be a good game. And I didn't actually end up beating Ocarina of Time though until eleven years later, probably because I didn't beat. I couldn't figure out the Water Temple like many people and it stuck with me for so long i finally went back to it years later and and finished it but ocarina of time majora's mask um the sims i was also very much into the sims growing Mm -hmm. up as well you know the the house building and and simulator um a couple other nintendo you know mario kart was always great that was really fun but it was zelda for sure was always my go-to i could play that game over and over and i continue to do so to this day for sure. So.
1: Very cool. Chris, how about you?
0: Um, When I got my Nintendo 64, I actually had Diddy Kong racing, not Mario Kart. So I kind of was raised as a Diddy Kong racer. So I spent many years on that, um, on that game. But as I switched over to PC, I mean, I still play all the Mario games, Zelda games. I love Nintendo, like Kirby and Donkey Kong, especially, but when I, when I went over to PC, I really got like, I guess you can call it serious about it. I was trying to do like competitive gaming. Um, I was playing uh, shooters like Unreal Tournament was one of my favorite games. Um, I actually, when I was when I was 14 years old, I had a company in Illinois paying for like three game servers for a clan that I had. We played Unreal Tournament competitively. So it was a fun time um also with starcraft strategy games i played the blizzard games like diablo 2 diablo um and world of warcraft was another game that i got into probably in the middle of high school um a group of people i was playing with became kind of well known because they they made up a joke uh that kind of went viral called leroy jenkins that's kind of become a thing nowadays and it was it's kind of crazy how how much it exploded, but those are a couple guys that I used to play with. So I, I wow. go back, I go back a, a couple decades in gaming, back to like Leroy Jenkins. Those are my glory
2: days. Can't believe you were a part of Leroy Jenkins.
3: <laughs> my when I, when <laughs> it Chris was
1: amazing,
2: it was
3: When Chris and I first met, and he told me about the Leroy Jenkins thing, I couldn't believe it because I I know that joke. You know, it's it's been in the gaming community for so long, and I thought it was hysterical. And I was I just, say that
2: like once a month. It was so. Cool. I was just a great <laughs> line.
3: I, mean. I was just listening to a song the other day, the other day by this comedic musician, and he's on TikTok, and he has a line in the song about Leroy Jenkins, and I'm like, to this day in 2023, we're still quoting it. It's just great.
1: It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. I wow, very cool. Um, I have one more question for Bailey and Chris before I turn it over to you, Joe, for questions. But Joe, tell us a little bit about your games when you that you recall
2: growing up. I, I'm sorry. I'm speechless right now. I know, I know. Celebrities <laughs> on the show. Exactly, but,
3: yeah. Piece I of mean, internet history right here.
2: Honestly. No, when I was growing up, Scott, I mean, I was probably just like you. You, you had the NES. Yeah, those are those all, like, good games, and, you know, they're, they're nostalgic. But my favorite games are probably for the N64, even Super Mario 64, and Nintendo. you know, um, uh, Ocarina of Time, of course. GoldenEye 64 mm. was probably my favorite game um, growing up. I played that mm-hmm. probably more than anything. Uh, You know, it was just that those three games were pretty much like the games. I mean, there were some other ones on there, but um, then then you have like Mortal Kombat on Genesis and things like that, too. So Mortal Kombat was huge. That was a big release. But only on (laughs) Genesis because you can see the play.
3: (laughs) I remember playing Mortal Kombat at like my elementary school's um, extended daycare, which is like the after school thing. The older kids were playing it and they let me play it. And it was just my parents were not happy. I'll say that.
1: Bailey and Chris, one other question I just wanted to ask you that occurred to me. It seems from at least my previous conversations with Bailey, for both of you is PC gaming your main format now. Is that fair to say?
3: Yes, I'd say so.
1: And what is it that draws you to that over the, uh, the consoles that are out there like the Xboxes and PS Playstations and all that.
3: For me, I was a console person. I had an Xbox 360 and I had an Xbox one and a switch obviously. And when i met chris he was just pc so i don't know what his story is but for me it was just when i met him and i got this new computer you know he showed me how to he taught me essentially how to play on pc because it's a very different system you know it's completely different controls it's a computer keyboard um i think it's just easier too because it's cheaper to download i suppose like this through steam the online store for video games it's just so much easier to find so many games um and whereas the the uh co- the main consoles playstation xbox they're limited you know they have their exclusive releases but with steam on pc you can find these adorable little one-off indie games made by two developers you know and they're only for pc and they're not going to be on these big blockbuster consoles so i always thought that was really fun um and that's i think what lured me into it
1: very cool and chris
0: when i made the switch to pc um it was for, mostly for strategy games at the time when i switched to shooters that's when i really realized that like i couldn't like i still played games on my consoles and i st- i i mean i played games like that i bought three times so like, i bought overwatch like on the xbox i had it on my computer and then they made it free so like over the years, I, I, I've just come to realize that, like, if I'm playing competitively, the PC gives me advantages that, like, I simply am not going to be able to have on a console, whether it be things having to do with, like, frame rates and uh, reaction times and refresh rates of monitors and stuff like that, that, like, once you get into those, the nitty-gritty of, of competitive shooting, like, you, you look for every edge you can have over your fellow gamer and so PC really allows you to to have a variety of different tools that uh that really like in, in console, like the one great thing about it is that everyone's on the same playing field. Everyone's level, everyone's given the same hardware, and it's just who's better. But with PC, it does allow for that little like you know, pay to win aspect of and cheats, having some fancier stuff. Unfortunately, hacking is everywhere. You can't really the part of gaming, you don't like you don't prepare for it, you know, but yeah, for me, it's really just being able to have more advantages, being able to customize um, little things here and there that, uh, and, and Bailey covered a good point, which is just availability of games. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. more games come to PC than anywhere else. So, but I definitely, I own a Switch too. I mean, yeah, we we're going to be spending $140 Absolutely. on two versions of Zelda in a month. From now. hundred
3: <laughs> percent. So, yeah. But it is it. Um, interesting, you know, with uh, PC, you have those rare occasions with consoles. The Last of Us is a great example. That was a PlayStation exclusive from its beginning and they just released it on the PC and it's a phenomenal game. When they released it, it ran horribly. It was awful. It was so, it kept crashing. Everyone was experiencing the same things. My new PC has got some really good specs on it and it could barely do it. And that's sometimes frustrating, you know, when, when they have these, um what, what's it called? Ports. Ports from console to PC or even PC to console. Um, It can be frustrating. Another example is Red Dead Redemption 1. That is not available on the PC and you can't really play it on an emulator either because it's the code is so bad for that game. And Rockstar said that they won't even probably make a reboot of it or redo it because the code is just, it's like, destroyed so um Mm -hmm. it's things like that that i do miss you know i can't you can't play nintendo games on a pc not really you know emulators are okay but it's just not the same so pc has its drawbacks in that respect of like the classics that you could only get on an xbox or a nintendo you know nintendo 64 so uh
1: what percentage of the gaming that you do is competitive versus just for your own enjoyment
3: for me it's 100% all enjoyment. I right. don't do the competitive gaming myself. I'm competitive with myself. Right. And if I play with him or our friends online, but uh for the most part I like my leisurely, you know, cozy games or uh, my uh single player, you know, story driven, for sure.
1: Got it. And, and Chris?
0: In turn like officially competitive, those days are all behind me. Um I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm like Dead when it comes to gaming, I'm like already dead in the ground. So like ga- washed like, up. <laughs> yeah, like your your peak gaming is like 16 to 18 with your reflexes being where they're at. And then like your 20s are kind of just like you preparing for your gaming death. And as soon as you hit 30, it's just like Undertaker. <laughs> and so I'm 35 now, and like I <laughs> I barely can compete with the young bucks in Call of Duty <laughs> anymore, but I, I definitely still play a lot of like competitive games. I play a lot of shooters. I shouldn't. It's not good for my heart, but it's it's my game. It's how I've always played. It's how, what I've always enjoyed doing, even if it doesn't sound that way when you hear me screaming in here.
3: <laughs> Terrible.
0: About getting killed by a 13-year-old talking about my mom over and over and over again. But,
1: Joe, uh, with what Chris just said, it reminds me. Joe and I were roommates years ago, and we would do terribly in Halo. We would play <laughs> online against, and and we would just do. Ter- it was embarrassing, and was that great. explains it. We were
2: we were outdated by them. We were washed up. I'll tell you. I'll tell you though. I mean, I I do some work with a lot of schools, and the most popular club in any high school is the esports club. And like they they have these leagues amongst high schools, and these kids sit there with in the computer labs and they play these games. It's insane and awesome. I, I honestly i would be as soon as i spawned in the game i'd be killed there's no point in me playing; <laughs> like I, it's not even worth it because there would be some kid just waiting there because he'll know where you're gonna pop up <laughs> and you get shot yep. i mean it's just that is not for me like i, I don't i don't do pc gaming for that reason really mm. uh joe i'll turn it over to you for uh, questions for chris and bailey um sure so i know you mentioned the new zelda game coming out what is uh you know, tell us a little bit about that, because I, I don't know if a lot of our listeners are aware of it.
3: So Tears of the Kingdom, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is about to come out on May 12th. Um, it is the sequel, direct sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, which was released back in 2017. And it was a game changer for Nintendo and for Zelda, for sure. They This was the first open world Zelda game that they created. And it wasn't linear like all of their other games. There weren't specific dungeons that you had to go and do in a specific order. You could do anything you wanted in this game. It was massive. It was sandbox. It was beautiful. It won game of the year, rightfully so. Tears of the Kingdom will also win game of the year. Um, I have actually been very, I've been keeping off the internet the most part regarding this game because i don't want it to be spoiled so i've seen all the trailers and it looks phenomenal i do know with the last trailer that they released ganondorf is going to be back and ganondorf the main villain of zelda has actually only appeared in four games so to have actual physical human version of this villain rather than just ganon you know the beast Uh, is huge. So we're very excited about that. But I've definitely been kind of taking a backseat. I spoiled myself when Breath of the Wild came out because I was so excited for this game. And I don't want that to happen this time.
2: Am I going to have to look up an OLED switch right now?
3: So, oh. so don't, don't do not do it <laughs> yeah, yet they're, so
0: they're going to come out with a new version of the switch relatively soon and then they're going to push a, a new version of the game to go with it so of course they are so. you're going to get a console just wait for the new one <laughs> it'll be relatively cheaper but I think building off what Bailey was saying is like is that. well like for, for all the beginners who mm-hmm. don't know anything of what she was talking about the Legend of Zelda is a game that started like decades ago that even Joe was talking about the original Zelda on Nintendo and it's about it's not about zelda technically and the zelda's not the main character but Zelda is the princess that you're trying to rescue and you play as a, a young boy slash adult sometimes named link and he wears this like he's like a forest elf boy and he goes around he's a hylian yeah, sure he's a hylian <laughs> which is which is the special race of people in the game Um, but it's there's been at least 10 versions of the game that have come out Um, and and pretty much all of them have have been very successful and then like Bailey said when Breath of the Wild came out in 2000 what was it 2017 Mm -hmm. it wasn't the first open world game that ever was created but it was by far the most popular open world game that ever was released and because of it like basically from 2017 until now almost every game that's been released has been some kind of an open world format and it's to the point where like A lot of people in the gaming community are actually getting tired of games just being open world, (laughs) open world, open world. But um, it's uh, we're lucky. We're lucky. Like people complain about it, but we're very lucky because to have games like Zelda where you really can just become absolutely lost in this world and and be living a life that, you know, not many of us get to live in our daily lives and the the ho-hum of our jobs and school yeah so it's definitely been uh it's gonna be fun with with uh they make you feel something as well yes These zelda zelda games are made with Great a lot stories. of love really well made yeah really well written stories amazing voice acting
3: and The music too the music and yeah. all of the zelda games are so good i remember when they released skyward sword which is an earlier iteration of zelda in the timeline and along with it, because this was Nintendo Zelda's 25th anniversary and they released an orchestra version of Mm. their soundtrack. And uh, when I bought the game, it came with the soundtrack and it was mesmerizing. It was so beautiful. They did a bunch of different songs and medleys of their past, you know, scores and it was epic. It was really, really cool. And, and they went all out. Like they hired like a real orchestra to do this. I don't know if it was, you know, the, um, what's the, the trans Siberian orchestra or anything, but these guys were very talented. It's, so it was it's very cool. And they have yeah. world-class yeah.
0: musicians doing it.
2: Oh, it's, it's so true. I mean, Scott, do you remember that time we went to see the video game orchestra at the Beacon theater? 100%. Video game
1: you, orchestra? you know, it's funny, Joe, that you, when you first met years I was, ago. I was drawing a blank, but I, we even have a great photo, you and I, in front of the marquee. It said
2: video games live. Yes. Video games live. That's it. Right. It was unbelievable. I think Christopher Lynn was the special guest there who, that's right. Yeah, well-known video game composer as well. Um, that's unbelievable. But just to go back, you know, to what you guys were saying, Billy and Chris, like my favorite Zelda game is still Ocarina of Time, because I think for me, when you know you're playing Legend of Zelda, and then even like a Link to the Past, it was more of like the top-down kind of different type of game. But when you were able to like step into this fully realized world with the colors and like just being able to control uh link as he wa- you know, ran around hyrule and everything it, it just like changes that for you so i mean to me it's like nostalgic but it's still my favorite game just when you play the even when you play the flute it's just you know you're trying to get those mini games that were never in a zelda game before i think that was awesome now I, now i really want to play it again you know like it's making me want to go back to it so do do you guys go get spoilers for your games or no
3: sometimes it depends on the game okay um, I definitely I use walkthroughs absolutely I, I'm never going to harp on anyone for using a walkthrough I've used them plenty of times uh, I did in Breath of the Wild I did in Ocarina of Time especially in the Water Temple because it's a, it's very difficult it's, a, it's the hardest one um, but in terms of actual spoilers I mean it yeah it just it depends on the game because with Tears of the Kingdom I don't want anything I just wanted to see the trailers and the, whatever Nintendo released themselves and nothing else. And, but with, I guess, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, for example, which is another phenomenal video game. Yep. Probably it's actually, it's up there in my top three, probably uh, for, for favorite video games. And I knew the ending cause I was spoiled from it. Uh, i think from him this guy actually chris here uh cuz he played it and i was watching him play it and i think he told me what happened at the end and i was no
0: yeah no, definitely no, no you did not i did not tell you okay you you're trying to soften the blow for what i'm about to say which is that the There are some people that have a problem keeping secrets, and there are some people that can't, they spoil by accident Uh and they don't mean to. And that's Bailey's entire family. That's her sister, (laughs) that's her parents, that's everyone. So I constantly live my life trying to just hide from it as much as I can. I hear you. But I definitely try, I try to ignore it. If I'm really in anticipation for a game, I will definitely turn off certain things like. I'll, I'm 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 the kind of a nerd where like if I play a new game, I will go on the subreddit immediately and start looking up like all the high end strategies and stuff like yep. that. But I but it, I understand the world that we live in. Like there, you can't hide from, you can't prevent everything from getting like something's gonna spoil eventually. Something's gonna spoil for you, but right. um, it is. It's just part of the world. It's okay. I don't. Yeah. Mind too
2: much. I was really upset when The Last of Us 2, like I only console game because the the kind of games that I like are more of those like, you know, the the console exclusive story driven games. And I was really upset when The Last of Us 2 came out and it was leaked on, you know, basically the whole, all the cutscenes were leaked on the internet. And no matter how much you avoid it, like if you go on Reddit or whatever, it's like right there and you just can't even avoid it. And then I'm like, well, I might as well just click on it now. And then it's like, even though you play the game and it's still great, it, it doesn't have the same effect. I, it's just the worst. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think in the age of like Twitch as well, like I think a lot of younger gamers, you know, uh, Twitch is a big part of their life. And so like, spo- like, if you, if they don't have anyone to play the game with, or they yeah. don't have the console to play the game, they're going to watch someone else play it. And it's all going to be spoiled for them no matter what. Right. So I, I've even found myself like, I'll have a streamer that I like they'll be playing a game that I definitely will play eventually. And I'll sit, I'll have to sit there and ask myself, like, do I want to spoil, do I want to watch, like, I know I want to watch them, but I I recognize that that's spoiling it for me for when I sit down and I play it, you know, in a couple weeks, right. I, when us normal people get access to it and not the famous streamers. So yeah. it's definitely a weird thing in the modern era. And I, I I don't know. I feel like that's, it's unfortunately, as we get older, I think it'll just be very normal, to just know everything all the time,
3: unfortunately. I will say Nintendo is very good about keeping most of their stuff on lockdown because, I mean, we're a month away from the game and they just released the final trailer like last week, Mm -hmm. which is not normal for most uh, video game companies or movies even, you know, TV shows and everything like that. So they know what they're doing in terms of marketing for Nintendo. They're, They're like Marvel and Disney in terms of keeping everything quiet
2: you know these things are like playable movies i don't want to see the ending but sometimes you can't like you just can't sure. avoid it. you know sometimes when you're playing it like the stories really move you you know like last of us the original um i i was playing that and even like my my wife was watching and like crying over it because it was that even you know even then um or go i don't know if you've played ghost of tsushima but That game, you know, at the very end, it's just like one of those where you just can't help yourself. It's, it's just like watching, you know, you're into it because you're playing, you're the one making those things happen. That's how it's supposed to feel. You don't want it to be spoiled. So so I try to avoid that.
1: Chris, um, you mentioned a moment ago, Twitch, I found out from Bailey recently that you have a Twitch channel. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Sure, I would love to. I've actually uh been taking a break from my Twitch channel to focus on my my job as a teacher now <laughs> that the pandemic is over. Um, but uh it was definitely uh it's something that like I wish I had started years ago, but it's just an amazing outlet both for uh for family members and friends that want to keep up with what I'm doing and don't have a way, way you don't have the ability to call me every day. Uh, it's a great way for former students as well to keep in touch with me and to see what I'm doing and and like I've got to meet some amazing people, um, through playing on, uh, playing on Twitch. And it's, it's literally just doing what I was normally doing on a daily basis. Um, but just talking more, talking more, having the camera on, um, and, no, and then obviously yeah. that's that other part was, yeah, there was actually revenue coming in from it. Um, it wasn't life changing revenue. I wasn't like exploding to the point of, of the next, uh, PewDiePie or anything like that. But it was uh an unbelievable outlet, especially during time like the pandemic when like we were all really searching within ourselves for yeah. you know that's motivation awesome. to keep going and keep keep growing.
1: What uh can you give the name of the channel? Sure.
0: It is uh if you go to twitch.tv slash the twitch teacher, and that's spelled exactly like you would imagine all those words to be spelled, um, uh, nice and basic. I actually at the beginning I, I tried to have I had this wild idea that people wanted to like learn things. So I tried mixing in some educational content and and I pulled that plug on that real quick (laughs) because uh, that's not what people want. So, but it's, it's been, it's been a really, really cool journey of, of being able to discover new games, play new games, not pay for them as well. Um, I was even able to write off some things on my taxes, which was kind of phenomenal. I never thought I'd be able to do. Mm-hmm. um but yeah it's definitely like in terms of uh for so many young people they don't have either the money for a computer or a console they don't have the social network set up to be able to play with other people and that's one one realm in in terms of streaming where it's like for gamers like uh even for myself i didn't grow up with streaming um it didn't exist and for for scott and joe like that's you know it certainly didn't exist back then either and I think a lot of older people kind of look at streaming and they're like, why the hell would you want to watch someone play? Like, wouldn't you want to play? Don't you want to sit there? Like when I, the only time I watched people play back when I was younger was I was waiting for the controller, waiting for them to die. And when it would be my <laughs> turn. Um, but it, it really is like uh, that shows number one, how lucky I was to have friends to play with, but it really is like a phenomenal outlet for people in the, the most disconnected corners of the world. To come together and unite in communities uh, with people that are just like them, even though they're thousands of miles away, um, and it's 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 a fascinating platform. Um, I don't know how much is going to keep growing as we come back from the pandemic. It, it like blew up, it's shrunk, it's it had its natural shrinking as a market, um, but I think it's uh, it's definitely in a really good place for now. Uh, but we'll see as the, so many good games are coming out. So that's really what keeps it going. As long as there's good games coming out then streaming is going to be healthy.
1: It's interesting (laughs) too, because even on some of the TV services like Pluto TV, which is free, there are several channels just devoted to gaming. There's a Roblox channel, a sports gaming channel. And I think there's a Fortnite channel as well as a GameSpot channel and a couple of other, even like one of the sections on the app is gaming. And they're fun to watch. I sometimes when I'm working from home, I put them on in the background, just keep them going all day and check in with what the gamers are doing. It's pretty fun. It's a it's a way to watch others play in addition to Twitch, which is cool.
2: It's true. I miss G4. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: G4 the precursor to that.
1: Um, I wanted to ask you also, uh, we've spent some time. I think we all have played Hogwarts Legacy. Bailey and Chris, you've gone for you've beaten the game. Um I wanted to just talk to you and get your thoughts on the pros and cons of the game. No spoilers here. Cause Joe and I are making our way through it. Uh, but generally speaking, what are your thoughts?
3: Um, A phenomenal game. It was really, really beautiful. Uh, gorgeous, you know, uh, graphics and everything like that. Um, It was so worth it. I play as a Hufflepuff because that's what I am. I was sorted uh, years ago and I'm a proud Hufflepuff and <laughs> It was, it was such a cool story and I'm trying to play it again with the other three houses, because um, you can do that in this game. And they each have their own different um, special quests, which is really, really cool. Uh, Hufflepuff has the coolest one. I don't want to spoil it, but it's, yeah, it's don't, you don't, get to don't, go to a really cool don't. place as a Hufflepuff <laughs> that no one else gets to go to. And it, it was so cool. It's so magical. It's so fun you know, we just went to, you know, when we got engaged, we went to Universal for a day as well. Um, And seeing real life Harry Potter world, and then being able to explore it in a video game like this was really awesome. So it's it's a really, really phenomenal game. The mechanics are fun. They're easy to learn. Uh, We played on the PC, of course, and they did a very good job with it. Um, I think the 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 dev team did a very very good job for sure you know, great soundtrack so too so much to do oh the soundtrack is
2: it's amazing
3: yeah but the all the side quests i mean we i i don't even know if i've beaten all the side quests just yet um i think i have a couple more to do still i'm i'm one of those 100 percenters though i try to be anyway um and i want to do you know everything i can for sure
2: i just said that's my wife my wife earlier today i said somebody put this in the game. I want to see it, you know, yeah. no matter what yeah. it is, it's there. So, right.
0: and you can find some crazy stories in those side quests. Yep. Oh yeah. Make your draw drop. But I, I think with Harry, with this particular game, with Hogwarts Legacy, um, you know, controversy aside, it's, there, you know, there were Harry Potter games before. Mm-hmm. And like, like Bailey mentioned, she remembered playing when she was a kid um, and, and finding beans like
3: birdie bots, everywhere. yeah, finding the
0: beans, but like that, <laughs> that those games didn't really blow up or succeed at, at anywhere near the level that Hogwarts mm-hmm. is succeeding, and and it really, I think, personally, comes down to the fact that they made a really smart move to not include any of the characters from the Harry Potter that we read in the books. And like that's and for me at least, that's one of the reasons why I never played those old Harry Potter games, and why I think Hogwarts Legacy is more successful because it lets you tell your own story. You're not trying to be Harry, trying to be Ron, trying to be Hermione. You're you, and you're obviously you're connected to the world of Harry, Ron, Hermione, but you are the one telling your own tale. And um, they they let you tell your own tale in that game. Uh, (laughs) I was definitely shocked that like. You know once again like I'm, I'm you know provide. i don't want to do do too much but like i i just i was shocked at how quickly they're just like do you want to be completely evil yep boom right there you go. <laughs> Let <me> go. okay <laughs> that's it it is cool <laughs> yeah which i understand you know it's a game right and there's there people are allowed to make choices with good and evil that's how we are as people but uh yeah it's definitely but i really think that just the... Uh, every single side quest like you said it, it tells its own story like the the voice acting which is usually my number one complaint with these large games it's the first area where where companies usually skimp out on and try and save money and and it's every every single line is delivered with emotion um the the, the characters you are believable um it's 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 definitely a wonderful game it's Unfortunate that there's so much weird stuff attached to it socially, but uh it is definitely in a very enjoyable fantasy experience.
3: I think one of my favorite things about the game though is the amount of Easter eggs in it, mm-hmm. you know, the little pieces, bits and pieces from the the book lore. Um, you know, the headmaster is what's his name? I don't know. I can't remember, but he's part of the Black family, related to Sirius Black.
0: In that line of descendants. Right.
3: And he's actually in the movies, too. He's in one of the paintings in Dumbledore's office.
0: Wow,
1: I did and not know that. He's one of the I mean. worst
3: Hogwarts headmasters <laughs> they've ever had. And Dumbledore occasionally, there's a scene in one of the earlier movies that Dumbledore is actually speaking with him, like asking for advice about something. I don't cool. know why he would ask him for advice, because considering he was the worst uh, headmaster, but um, it was really interesting. And Simon Pegg voiced him. And I, I, I think appreciate the, that. Yeah. the
0: last bit of good news is that even though the, I think the biggest complaint of the game was that there was no Quidditch when it was released,
3: oh, still right.
0: mad. WB has recently announced that they're going to be making a Quidditch standalone game. So I that's
2: saw that. Of that course. Movie. Yes. Okay. Well, that is supposed was... to be multiplayer. So at least it's something different. But they took it out of this game just so they could do a separate game. That annoyed me.
0: It's lame. Yeah.
3: I, I thought think. they were going to release a DLC. Yeah, um, right. afterwards, which is, this is, it's just a whole new game, whatever. That's fine too. Does it, I mean, does they, anybody... they did that early. I'm sorry, Bailey,
1: go ahead. No, please. I interrupted you and I, I did no, not mean th- to. I,
3: I was just saying they, they had an early standalone Quidditch game as well. Um, It was right.
1: Afterwards. That's what I was going to ask about. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I played it. It was awesome. I think I had it. I think it was actually released on the GameCube as well. Um, yeah, GameCube. Yeah. And it was really fun and I loved it. And you could play with uh, your friends. it wasn't online or anything but you could you could play co-op. Um, and I just remember being so good at beating the AI and my brother who's two years younger than me played and he like he kicked my ass. he really did <laughs> <laughs> It was embarrassing honestly.
2: What do you think about the uh, I know this isn't really video game related, but what do you think about HBO saying they're gonna reboot the uh, the movies or the books really into each you know into separate seasons and series?
3: I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. We, I don't know if we'll watch it because the movies are just, it, they, I mean, it's Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grant. You know, they are the-, the, the It's going to be
2: hard to see somebody else in those exactly. roles. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean,
3: it's just, it's too weird. I don't think it's necessary either because they had the movies, they have the books, they have I mean, the play, they have Fantastic Beasts, they have a theme park. What more do they need? You know, I don't think it's necessary. It'll be I interesting. Didn't. I want to see what they do with it, of course. Yeah. Maybe it'll be better, but it, especially with this technology that we have nowadays that they didn't have when they made the movies originally, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Would, would really
1: you watch good. if there was something so, crazy like Tom Cruise's Harry Potter oh my or something God. like
3: that? I did hear that Tom Felton was going to be playing Lucius Malfoy.
1: That was oh. something I read, too. I saw that. I they had like dream right? and there yeah. were rumors that he would... I could see that. Yeah. I could, see, I could see, that. see that, too. Yeah.
0: Who's Tom Felton?
3: He's Draco Malfoy. Oh well, oh
2: that
0: well, oh, okay. I thought they were getting all new people. That's a psych- yeah. That's what I. Read. They're
2: supposed to,
1: but we'll see. <laughs> Meryl Streep is mind. <laughs> um, my last question for you about video games was: What do you generally think the future of gaming will be, and what role do you think VR will play in it? Because, you know, I have an Oculus, and I've had the original. This now I have the most recent version, which I guess is the Quest Two. And I don't really play it, to be honest with you. Uh, When I had PlayStation, I had PSVR, and I loved it. I thought it destroyed any other VR I had played. Uh, And I actually am trying to save up for the PS5 just for the virtual reality there. Uh, Where do you think this is going in terms of future of gaming and VR?
3: I think VR is not there yet. I don't think we're there yet. Um, Similar to the Nintendo Switch, honestly, because the mo- the one game most people play on the Switch is Breath of the Wild, and that's it, and that's the only thing that they play, and VR has that same problem. They don't have enough games, and it's, it's stagnant almost, you know. I think it's a really good piece of technology. There are some really fun games out there, like Cooking Simulator, and there's this moonwalking one, which is like you're in space and you're floating around. It's terrifying. Really cool though. Um, but they're just so few. And I think they're too expensive at the moment for what they're giving you, you know? So they're not quite there, but I think it's got a lot of potential and there's going to be, eventually we're going to have like a, a Zelda VR game, you know? Um, I don't know how far into the future that is, but I don't know if we're there just yet.
1: Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's a good analysis. Um, Chris, what do you think?
0: We're we're definitely, well, let's, you know, we don't have much experience talking about VR, let's be real, because we don't have the money to afford really nice VR setups. I don't want to do like cheap VR, I've seen cheap VR. Um, and so I think that's, you know, the biggest obvious reason why it's not just more widespread, it's there aren't enough users um, across both the country and the world yet but we're obviously trending towards that uh, I think like the most extreme representation of it would be something like there was a movie that came out a couple years ago called ready player one which was like a weird like adolescent teenage rage boy film Actually, yeah that was better. like yeah it's a weird but I read like it's like the book that I have I'm a teacher um in my day job and it's like the book that I have like my 14 year old english students that don't want to read anything like that's the book they want to read because there's lots of f words and they talk about video games Yep. um but that it really is like the way that that <laughs> book portrays that society where they can just like plug themselves in and their whole entity their whole body goes sucked into the game there's and
3: like, episode about
1: this um, too that say, say that again to... bailey i missed what you said i'm sorry oh,
3: i said there's a black mirror episode about this as well yeah yeah
0: and we're we're getting there. We will. I I think it will be in my lifetime. Like I don't know if it'll be like we plug in and you're just like, and you like eyes go back of their head and you just like that. <laughs> but I I do think that like VR will be the standard within a decade. Um, we'll all be using some type of headset when it comes to gaming. Um, and 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 I kind of look forward to it, but I know there'll be that you know holdout of like, I'll be one of them like. Duh. Use a mouse and a keyboard, and I'll never. So, so I think that's definitely you know it'll be a fun time. It'll be a fun transition into the new era of gaming.
1: Yeah, you know it's interesting because for me, VR's potential, even more so than gaming, is in other experiences with it. So, one of the cool things about Oculus, for example, I watched a an original VR film by the horror director Eli Roth, starring Vanessa Hutchins, actually, which dealt with the Halloween trick or treat thing and a haunted house which was great. And if you were able to really, you know, you shut out the lights, you put on the, the goggles and you're in that. So it's pretty That's intense. Terrifying.
0: That sounds terrifying. It is awesome. Yeah. It's, it was, it was, it was a great bloody mess. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: it was very bloody. And then even on the Oculus, there's this app. I forget what it's called, but you go to a virtual movie theater and you can rent 3d movies or watch for free 3d trailers. So I watched like the trailer for the 3d version of Titanic and it's like you're in the theater, and when you you have those goggles, uh, you know, the, the goggles on, and you're immersing it, you you kind of forget about the real world, and it's even kind of jarring. Even that's with the-,
3: the, I think that's the really cool thing about VR is that one of the things that you can't get on a console or on PC is full immersion. Right, you, know, you can turn off all the lights in your room, head, you know, five hundred dollar headset, you know. 4k screen and all that but it doesn't compare to vr where you're really fully immersed and i think that's going to be a really big component in the future for gaming for sure too you know it's it's right now that this is the video game area that we're in right now you know they're they're adding so the graphics have improved tremendously over the last couple years the things that these guys can do with video games is spectacular it's it's so cool to see and with vr it's just going to get better, you know? And I think that's, it's, I'm very excited to see where it goes, but I'm, I'm like Chris too. It's, it's going to be weird transitioning. I have trouble transitioning from console to just PC and those are, you know, pretty similar in, in some senses, but VR is like a whole different world. So it'll be, it'll be really cool though.
1: Two other VR things I'll say real quick. I played star Wars rogue squadrons in VR, which was very cool.
3: That is really cool.
1: Also. And I think there's potential in sports couple of years ago, when I had the PSVR, I subscribed to NBA League Pass, and they broadcasted certain games in VR. And I remember watching, it was a Denver Nuggets game. I forget who the opponent was. But literally, I was sitting in my my living room, had the VR on, watching the game as if I was there. And you had the choice of sitting either like first row behind the basket, or they had a camera on top of the basket. And then... When the game was over, I took the unit off and I was like, man, I can't believe I'm in my room. I I totally, I felt like I was in Denver at the Nuggets game. Like, that's what it was like. So for hockey, any, you know, any sport, there's potential there, which is really cool. Yeah. That def- again, awesome.
3: the immersion thing, they have it beat for sure. You know, no one else has that except VR. Right. So I didn't actually know that you could stream games on VR, which is really cool. So I that's just adding to the list right. of things that they'll do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it was immensely successful, to be honest with you. I think it's still offered as part of certain streaming plans, but it ha- I thought it was awesome. I just don't know if it's taken off the way that I they think it will it
3: eventually. Again, it's it's the price tag of the systems, and they right. don't have enough to show for it yet. Right. And and they will when they have those sorts of packages with uh you know viewing uh, live sports when they have more games, they're just going to keep adding to the you know potential. Um, but they're just not quite there yet, but right. they will be.
1: Um, well, I got to say this video game discussion has been among the greatest things we've ever had on
2: Stuff We Love, Joe. <laughs> I, that is true, honestly. I, there's so much more we can talk about for another two hours.
3: I love um, it. I could talk about video games all, all the time, Zelda especially. you know.
2: We got to have
1: you back on when uh, Zelda's out. Get your thoughts on it yeah i will not
3: be available when it comes out i will be playing it (laughs) no no no. i'm talking
1: about once you've had a chance to play and uh, and like about 36
2: hours afterwards (laughs) (laughs)
3: um
1: now uh bailey and chris before we get to the stuff we love segment uh as you know we talk a lot on this show about theme parks disney and universal and uh you have an amazing theme park story that we've never had people on the show before that did what you did so uh I don't know who to ask about it. I guess I will ask Bailey to, to tell her version of the story. Absolutely.
3: Uh, I'd be more than happy to share. Please it go ahead. Um, so Chris and I met, you know, four years ago and my lovely parents decided to take us uh, on a trip to Disney World. Um, and it was the one first off, it was my first time to Disney. So it was a very magical experience for me. I got the little button that says first timer and. Chris had a friend uh, that works at California Grill in the Contemporary Resort in Magic Kingdom. We got reservations. And during the fireworks show where they shoot off fireworks at Magic Kingdom in front of Cinderella's castle, Chris gets down on one knee and he asks me to marry him. Right like at the crescendo of the fireworks show. So the music was playing. We had the couple next to us record it for us, which was very nice. I had no idea um so I was very shocked it was truly the best thing that has like ever happened to me so I'm very lucky and I told Chris that that is the he doesn't have to do anything romantic for me ever again he's he's checked all the the boxes you know he's done um but it was it was spectacular I have the I'm wearing my engagement ring I always wear it and it's beautiful it was his mother's um he did a good job he did very good
0: Chris way to go thank you
2: that's pretty awesome honestly
3: yeah
0: it got um, we were very lucky and all it all came together um i was planning on asking her anyway and then a free trip to disney falls in my lap <laughs> sure. my mother gives me a ring it all came together so you
3: did very little planning on your part honestly
0: <laughs> you oh yeah really b- very yet. no yeah very little planning right <laughs> yeah other than the whole like coordination of of asking the question and i almost blew it on the bus ride to dinner I had the ring in my pocket and we were sitting on the bus and she like she's like, What's in your pocket? And she taps <laughs> on it. She oh. tapped on the ring box. I um, had no idea. I made some wild lie. I just said, Oh, it's a thing. And she just believed oh, me. It
3: like a new wall or something, <laughs> she you know, some trinket.
0: Believe me, thank goodness. Oh yeah, it, it was uh Disney World definitely uh I asked them for for help here and there. I didn't want to like make a spectacle out of it. Um, but you know, without getting too cliche. The magic was there. The staff was willing to to help out. It, w- it was really nice. It was-, it, it was
3: perfect timing. You did it on the second night we were there. So we still had three more days to, to enjoy it. And I joked with them. I said, we should go to all these new places. Propose to me again so we get free stuff. But
1: <laughs> we didn't um, do
3: that. We didn't do that. I was very
1: that was a good recovery when Bailey felt the ring box on the bus because you almost ended up becoming the first couple to get engaged on a Disney bus.
3: <laughs>
0: That's what it, was about. I was, it flashed in my mind. I was like, is this where it's going down? Great. I can't wait to have this girl with her french fries hold the camera. Yeah, exactly. We were
3: almost late, too. I We were about 30 minutes late for our reservation because I was putting on makeup, I think. And you didn't think to rush me. You were just, we were leisurely strolling was, our way there, you know.
0: I was politely pushing.
3: Yeah.
2: You're on vacation, you don't rush.
0: Right, right. I couldn't be too, so I didn't want her to think, right. you know, get
2: too suspicious. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, by the way, did you get a French manicure that night? Or, you know, like <laughs> make, you know, make sure that happens. And it's not going to, it's not how it works. Yeah.
3: What
1: was your favorite attraction you went on at Disney?
3: Rise of the Resistance is by far, that was the best ride we went on. That was full immersion. We felt like we were in the movies. It was yeah. so cool. And we were lucky because it was broken when we got to the park that day. And we had it on our Genie Plus. So we had reservations for it at a certain time. And it it started running right before yeah. we were about to go on. So it was, it was good timing and it was worth it. That was
0: not my favorite ride.
3: I don't care. He was asking what my favorite ride was. <laughs> you
0: said we though. You answered with, that was our favorite ride. Yeah. Figured I had to step in.
3: Which one was your favorite?
0: Uh, I happen to not be a Star Wars fan. I don't dislike Star Wars, I just didn't love it growing up. Okay. Fair. I loved the Tower of Terror. I okay. loved Terror. That's one of my wow. favorite rides. She was screaming like crazy. It, it was awesome.
3: That is the only thing <laughs> you could ever do the the up and then drop you. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was terrifying. I did scream the whole time. It was, it's fun. I hated it.
1: Yeah. That's great. That is great. Um, well, with that, by the way, just looking forward, I want you both to come back on the show in the future to talk about Zelda, of course, and something we did not talk about tonight, which I knew we wouldn't because we, the show would go too long, horror movies because Bailey, I know you and I've talked many times and Chris, are you a horror movie fan as well?
3: He is not. So that'll just be a me and you thing. I think that's okay. Are you, are you
1: you're like,
0: that's you're a, a movie great fan. conversation to have with Bailey? For sure.
1: I know. But Chris, are you a movie fan in general?
0: I am. I certainly okay. am. Yep. We'll, we'll have a broad movie.
1: Good discussion. enough. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> We would love to come back. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, no, thank you for being here. And uh, with that now, we'll go to the part of the show, which is the stuff we love segment. That's where tonight Bailey, Chris, Joe and I are going to give you a recommendation of something we've been enjoying recently. Could be a video game, a song, an app, a book, movie, TV show, whatever. So with that, Bailey, we'll start with you. What is your stuff we love recommendation?
3: Oh, put me on the spot. Um, If you, you know, for any listeners that haven't actually played any of the Zelda games, I do highly, highly recommend it. Um, And if you want to start fresh and and just jump right in, Ocarina of Time is the one to do it with. It was, it's older and you can still play it on the Switch and it is so worth it. It's such a fun game. It's a great story. It's a good beginner game. It gets you into it and it's, it's phenomenal. It's one of my all-time favorites.
1: Great recommendation. Thanks, Bailey. Chris, how about you?
0: uh i would say that for some reason the one game that i continue to go back to over the years is a game that i think people have a lot of feelings about but i will always recommend a game called rust (laughs) to anyone trying to listen now i think that it's a tough one especially for the younger viewers because the community is it's a very it's it's a it's a game that's made for like older teenagers and adults and the community can be rather tough and toxic but it is uh it is a phenomenal game and I recommend it to anyone who likes
2: building survival and shooting.
1: Nice. Great recommendation. Thank you Chris that's great. Joe how about you?
2: Um I have two things right now. Real quick number 1 is just This weekend's Weekend 2 of Coachella, so I've been watching the YouTube uh, streaming of Coachella. Not as much this weekend as I did last weekend, obviously, but, um, Scott, I know you've been watching a lot more Oh, yes. That was actually my
1: Stuff We Love recommendation, so I'll just piggyback on that. It's
2: okay. It's fascinating. But speaking of video games, this is actually a very timely discussion for me because one of my favorite video games is Horizon, the Horizon series on PlayStation. Great
3: game. So good. And
2: this week, um, a, a DLC came out called Burning Shores. So I've downloaded that, and that's what I've been playing basically all day today. Is um, that for the new one, Horizon uh, West? It's, it's the Forbidden West, and then it's a DLC Forbidden. to that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, those are just—I just love those games. They're awesome. Um, and if you like Horizon, you'll like this because it's basically more of the same, but in a in a—it's better. Like the way it's, it runs better, and uh, just the the graphics and everything. And it, it it's set like in Los Angeles, which is of course post-apocalyptic. So they move around the country. Um, in these games. So it's just really cool. I've been enjoying it a lot today. And of course, I'll be playing it more. Um, So Burning Shores for Horizon is what I've been playing around with right now.
1: Great, great recommendation. And yeah, so mine was uh, Coachella. It's been available streaming on YouTube through the official Coachella channel. In the past, I think they only streamed weekend one, but this year they've been streaming both weekend one and two, except for Frank Ocean chose not to have his act streamed week one. And there was someone else who didn't stream who I can't remember who it was. There was another artist that prevented it
2: in week one. I didn't
1: know. Yeah. But anyhow, I find it great. I, I, as listeners of our show, know, we spend so much time talking about all types of music. And every time I listen to the acts at Coachella, I always walk away with new acts. I didn't know before, but that I've been enjoying. And so this year, one that stands out is sunset roller coaster. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's kind of like this yacht Rocky group. Um, and then uh, I've been enjoying Rosalia. Uh, she was on the main stage Saturday night. So I, I enjoyed that set. And uh, yeah, that's, I guess, what stands out.
3: I want to yeah, add a lot of- more stuff I love thing for, for this. It's because I'm thinking of musicians. I mentioned him earlier, but it, it's, it's it's like an adult Australian version of Bo Burnham. And he's on TikTok. His name is Tom Carty. He writes really fun, hysterical music. I highly recommend it.
1: Great. Thank you. Have you ever heard of a DJ, guys? Um, Kenny Beats? Does that name ring a bell? Kenny Beats?
3: Kenny Beats. Maybe.
1: No. no. I was telling um, someone earlier that he had... I, I watched his set just by chance. I flipped it on and he was on. Saw it this weekend and last weekend. It was literally the exact same set of songs. But he had on a bunch of people from the audience dancing on stage with him. And for weekend two, there was this kid. I, I don't even know how old this kid was. Like eight or nine years old? Dancing in front of Thousands and thousands of people at Coachella. And I thought to myself, that's quite different than what I was doing at that age. Yeah. When, uh, you know, speaking of Game Boy earlier, we were talking about that. My brother won a Nintendo Game Boy at a school raffle. His elementary school had a raffle. And he won the Game Boy. And I vividly remember, the, the you know, playing it, they, it came with a carrying case, Tetris, Super Mario. So it was so primitive compared to the technology that's out there now, but it was so cool to play. Great memories.
0: He was the coolest kid in the, in the town. Yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> that
1: for that hour when he won the uh,
0: <laughs> when he won
1: the raffle. But uh, it was a great thing to win. So now I'm going to tell our listeners where they can find the Stuff We Love podcast online. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram and TikTok at Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. Our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. There you can find links to all of our prior episodes. And you can write to us, stuffylovepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what games you played growing up and tell us your thoughts about Zelda as the new uh, new game gets ready to come out. And uh, with that, thank you again, Bailey and Chris. This has been a, a wonderful episode.
3: Thanks so much thank for having you. me. really it
2: appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Great discussion.
3: Any chance I can talk about Zelda, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> Good to know. We'll remember that for uh, future reference. And with that, we're going to go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe.
0: I'm Chris.
3: And I'm Bailey.
1: And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.